Hey, welcome to the Talking Buckets podcast. This is an NBA show covering a broad range of topics, from legitimate analysis and predictions to weird, funny, dumb drama around the league. Feel free to skip ahead to whatever topics pique your interest, or stick around for the whole thing. And as always, thank you so much for supporting this growing project. We're only getting better every episode, and even one listen means the world to me. Now let's talk buckets! Okay, welcome back to Talking Buckets. That's right. Uh, It's been like 3,000 years since we've done an episode. Uh, BCIT was kicking our butts, but we are back and with renewed energy, we are ready to go for the playoffs. The regular season is done, but this is not a playoff episode um, because the play-in tournament is still coming up and we have a couple spots left in the playoffs that have to be decided. So what we're going to do is we're going to start off with the 10 teams that did not make the playoffs or the plans. Um, we're just going to call this series why they lost. And basically it'll just go through each team and how they did in the regular season and why they are not in the playoffs and ultimately not winning a championship. And we'll also give a brief outlook onto what their next season looks like just to see how like, you know, bright or dim their future looks. Uh, first off, Tiger, how you doing? It's been a while. Uh, like you said, man, the pl- the, the regular season is done, and so are we. I guess, you know, after 82 seasons, after 82 games, and after how many ever days we're at school, you know what? I feel like, how would I say? I feel like the Magics, you know? I feel like we're finally done, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Screw our future. We're 22 and 50. <laughs> we're done for now, at least. So after 82 games, at least they got to take a break. And right now, you know, we feel like we're almost at that point where we can take a break, but you know, we want to present you with the latest NBA podcast. So here we are. Yep. And you know what? The future is talking buckets. So uh, here we go. Why they lost 10 teams that did not make the play in tournament or the playoffs. Uh, and starting with the Orlando magic who finished in last place in the Eastern conference with a 22 and 60 record. Um, I'm looking at the starting, like, really, I'm going to be honest, man. I kind of forgot about the magic this season in general. I feel like a lot of times we talk about, like, today's podcast, we're just going to have so much disappointment in these teams because they look like they have no future. So we're going to try to, you know, pick the best, best bit of each team because let's go, let's be honest, the last couple of teams, no one expects them to, oh, except for a couple of teams, no one, at least no one expected the magic to make the playoffs, right? No, this is a rebuilding year for them, for sure. Yeah, um, so we're okay with how they're doing. Yeah, how how the rebuild is going, uh, that is yet to be determined. Um, but they got some good pieces, like uh, like Cole Anthony is like kind of proving he can be a starting point guard. Um, Jalen Suggs, I'm curious to see how his sophomore season is going to be because he kind of had a very up and down uh, regular season. And I kind of feel like back at the draft, like Masai Ujiri was kind of holding like the fate of Suggs and Barnes in like the palm of his hand. It's like, okay, one of you guys is going to go to one of the most well-run organizations in the NBA. And the other is going to go to a team that's been dysfunctional for most of the last 10 years. Um, but Suggs dealt with some injury problems uh, and some growing pains, which I feel like are, you know, for a rookie, understandable. But I think he's got a decent future. 
um, Franz Wagner was probably the most pleasant yes. surprise of yes, the season. Sir. He, I think, deserves to be on the all-rookie first team, if uh, if not the second team. He was one of the better rookies this year, for sure. For sure. This team has it has a lot of young people. So if, you, if you look at the, the roster, one, they have a lot of young talents. Two, they have a lot of assets. So, you know... I don't want to sound biased, but supposedly, if you were any other organization, I feel like you're on a good track. But you're the magic. You're known for making bad picks, bad choices. So, you know, I, w- I would say they have a bright future, but no, they don't. It's just, it's just, it's hard to say. Like, they do have their own draft pick this year. Um, and while this draft I don't think is as stacked as last year, there are definitely still some very solid pieces. Um, I just, I think the main thing is just, there doesn't really seem to be anyone on here who's like a breakout star in the making. Like you're closest, you, you're pinning your hopes on Suggs and Wagner at this point. I feel like Cole Anthony, like he's good, but he's only going to be so good. Um, and then Jonathan Isaac, who's supposed to be their starting power forward. He's just been like totally nowhere to be found the last basically two years. I know he had a major injury, but like doesn't help also when the guy seemingly is uh, switching to like being like a right-wing politician um so yeah i think the draft is going to be really important for this team's short-term future supposedly they will have a bright future but as for now um you know they're in orlando it's a resort city people are going to come and watch the games but i don't see them going anywhere anytime soon yeah i think there's still a couple seasons away from making some noise for sure uh moving on we are now going to a team that did similarly bad but i think we can both agree have a much clearer yeah, picture in a better position uh, for sure yeah the detroit pistons who finished just one game better than the magic at 23 and 59 so 14th in the east um but i look at their starting lineup at the very least and it's just it's a lot better just like individual wise each player they have been you know playing as the best version of themselves and they're so young still you know like mm-hmm. people will like usually ignore Detroit but this year even though the record isn't the prettiest but they have some pretty significant pretty significant dubs let's just say that so we just got a glimpse of what these youngsters can do Sadiq Bey even Jeremy Grant Isaiah Stewart uh, like how can we forget about uh the rookie fucking what's the rookie's name shit Kate Cunningham. Kate Cunningham, yeah. How can we, like, those, they all together, like, you know, they're slowly making their noises. They're making a name for themselves in the NBA. So even though they have an equally as shitty record, but I'll say they're on a better track than the Magic. Yeah, I think, well, first off, Kate Cunningham, um, it took him a bit to get going just because he was coming off a injury and looked rusty his first bit, but he only got better as the season went on. And I think like he's probably a finalist for rookie of the year alongside uh, Mobley and Barnes at this point. Um, he is basically everything the Pistons have hoped for. Um, and then also in his second year, Sadiq Bey, like I really like him. Like he had a 50 point game a few weeks ago or whatever. Um, I really like what that tandem could potentially do in the future. Uh, and you add like a top five pick to that and they get better. Like, Oh man. also too like isaiah stewart you know is a solid center who i think will be a really good enforcer um and jeremy grant will either be you know one of their best players or a valuable trade piece you know he didn't get traded in the trade deadline like we expected 
Um, but at the same time, he doesn't really fit their timeline still. So I'm curious to see what they end up doing with him. It's interesting that the, the Magic and the, the Troy Pistons have a well equally a citizen record, but it's just so much clearer, so much more potential with C off the Pistons, you know? It just it shows how badly the Magic's are managed. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to uh, get ahead of myself here because I'm pretty low on this guy, but Marvin Bagley did get out of basketball hell uh, for the trade deadline. So, you know, if he starts to come around a bit too, like they'll have a young core. And you again, you throw in a top three pick to this team and they could be making some noise. Um, I think if they get a good draft pick, they could be a play-in team for next year. I would love to, Mar- I would love to see Marvin Bagley bounce back a little bit honestly for next year i really hope they end in the top 10 at least mm. it'll make a difference be hey we're on our way you know i mean yeah. honestly you can't really make it have a record worse than this right hopefully not no you can't you're yeah. bottoming out like, it was yeah. very clear this is a rebuilding year but if they have a top if they have a top three pick i would be confident saying that they'll be a planned team next year i think we're both comfortable enough to say that this team is not quite there yet. They are rebuilding, but let's say they're on the right track and we both had faith in them. Yeah. Um, and in terms of rebuilding, uh, this is a team next up that isn't really that used to that because they tend to hover around like the fourth and the fifth place spot before getting bounced in the first round. Typically um, it's the Indiana Pacers. They finally committed to a true rebuild by blowing up their uh, Sabonis and uh, Turner duo. Um, and got a lot of assets back for them. Uh, so they finished 13th in the Eastern Conference, 25 and 57. But again, this team seems like they have a bright future. And there is one guy in particular that I am ecstatic to see having a fresh start, um, Tyrese Halliburton. You know what? Uh, you should be excited because I feel like with with uh, with Sabonis gone, this might just work. And he just got there, so... We haven't seen much of him there yet. And looking at their squad, it looks young. It looks energetic. And I feel like the one thing they're missing is that superstar power. I, I really want to see Tyrese Halliburton step up in that role. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, first off, so in Sacramento, he was putting, like, obviously he's in a different position. Like, Indiana was more clearly trying to tank, whereas Sacramento was trying to make a playoff push and didn't really want to give the rings to Halliburton at time, per se, because of his clash with Darren Fox. Um, but he went up from 14.3 to 17.5 points per game. His assists went from 7.4 to 9.6. He averaged 9.6 assists a game on the Pacers, which is just, absurd for a second year player like that's like elite guard numbers for assists it just shows Um, how many more options he has on the pacers yeah right and also his turnovers um he only does like three turnovers a game uh and his career average that was on the pacers his career average is 2.2 turnovers per game on the pacers it was 3.2 but having that high of an assist to turnover ratio on top of like a decent point so it's only going to get better like he has potential to be an all-star guard. You think so? I think so. Too. I think so. And I yeah. think it was, to- I still stand by it being totally insane that the Kings gave up that, especially since he actually wanted to be in Sacramento and fix the problem. Um, but I can rip on more on them later. 
they got a couple other interesting pieces too. Um, Brogdon, you know, he's solid. Uh, Miles Turner, I'm glad that they're making him the centerpiece of this team now because he is an underrated center for sure. Um, TJ Warren has been gone forever, but like if he could do what he did in the bubble a couple of years ago, like surely he could be valuable. Um, and then Buddy Heald, they got to figure out what they want to do with him because I don't think he's going to be happy in Indiana, but he's an elite three-point shooter, so maybe they can get something back for him. I think so. I think so, too. Uh, well, the Pacers, I feel like the last three teams we reviewed, you can clearly tell by the roster that they're trying not to tank, but they're rebuilding, right? Mm-hmm. So that brings up, if you don't have any, anything more to say about the Pacers, then we can move on to the Wizards. A team that seemed like they're not rebuilding at the start, but now seems like they might just have to rebuild. Yeah, moving on to the Wizards. This team was in first place in the Eastern Conference hey, after like Isaiah, you were very high on him. You were very high on him. I, I was told very you from high the start. On him, so. I gotta tell you, I told you so, but I, I could tell from the start that yeah, the, I, I like like we've both been right and wrong about some certain things. This is probably one of the things I was the most wrong about. I was expecting the wizards to at least be a playoff team i didn't think they'd be a one seed but like man they i did not expect them to fall off that hard like what do you think went wrong for them i just think their players were not good enough simply as that Kyle kuzma had his flash but let's be honest that's just a flash you know i didn't mm-hmm. see it happening long term he's young he's excited for the season but overall you know, you got to think about other teams as well. They're like, oh, this guy's doing really well. We got to figure him out. And seems to me his game is still not as completed as a superstar. So he was quite easy to figure out. Bradley Beal, if I was Bradley Beal, I would just fucking, you know, get paid and chill with it until I get paid <laughs> with a contender. So I think that, that's, that's the thing. Me. Yeah. Like, I'm going to be honest. I don't think Bradley Beal deserves a max, but I think he's probably going to get one anyways. I think the Wizards are in a really tough spot because if you give Beal the bag, like you're going to be so cap strapped and it's going to be really hard to build a true contender with Beal as your best player. He is a second option guy. And like same thing with Kuzma. He's a second or third option player as well. And Porzingis, again, like he's not like there. It's a team full of second and third options is the main problem. But, um, but what's the bigger problem? All these guys are looking for max contracts. That's Kuzma, the thing. Like they're all he proved himself. He's gonna look for max one. Bradley Beal is probably gonna get a max. And Porzinga has a good statement. Like, you know, he's gonna get close to a max, even though he's not a, a also like he used to be, but the way he plays is valuable to a lot of teams. So you yeah. got three guys looking for big ass contracts. Yeah, everyone's there for themselves. Um, and it's tough. I don't really see how they can unless Porzingis like comes back and is like pre- you know, peak Knicks Porzingis. Like, I don't really see how this team can take um, major steps forward. So they definitely had me a sip in the Kool-Aid, that's for sure. And instead, they finish uh, 35 and 47th, uh, 12th in the East after their red-hot start with their first place. Yikes. Yeah. Um, and moving on to close out the Eastern Conference, uh, the New York Knicks, they have binged their last bong, at least for this season. Um, after they massively overmet, or sorry, after they massively overperformed versus their season expectations from last year, um, they kind of came back down to earth. They finished 11th, 37 and 45, um, no play in tournament. 
And I got to say with the Knicks, um, this was a team that I was never sold on this year. I was. I thought they were at least going to be the playoffs. Um, to me, they look like they had a solid enough squad. No superstar yet, but it seems like everyone could do their thing and everyone's on the verge of breaking off. And honestly, I have no idea why it did not work out. Maybe it's just a losing culture. But if you look at their fives, maybe it's just I'm an old head. You can call me an old head, all right? I just have <laughs> I have an extraordinarily amount of faith in D-Rose. I love D-Rose. Julius Rendo, I think he is solid. RJ Barrett, I think he is getting there. He is, you know, he's still developing, obviously, but I think his mindset and, and the fact that he has so much resources to, like, you know, to get better, he's going to get better. Evan Fournier, great score. Campbell Walker, I tend to believe that what happened in Boston just didn't work out for him. Seems like I was wrong. And Mitchell Robinson, man, I think that's a solid squad. But why didn't it work out? What do you think? I think there's a couple reasons. So first off, um, Julius Randle underperformed in the playoffs last year. And it's not uncommon for players to have bad playoff seasons. I mean, look at DeRozan. Like he's known as a perennial quote unquote playoff choker. And he had a career year with the Bulls this year. Um, But the playoff performance against the Hawks, who were supposed to be a team like around similar to them last year that was definitely a red flag um but i think the biggest reason why it has to be thibodeau i i can't believe that the nba is falling for the thibodeau uh three-year cycle yet again and i like to kind of compare it to uh jose Mourinho, you know in the european soccer you know first year Thibodeau comes in similar to Mourinho and the team excels. They overperform expectations. They play really hard nose defense. The starters play a fuck ton of minutes. Everyone's really impressed. And it's like, it's their time now. Then the second year, things start to kind of hit the fan a little bit. Um, players are getting worn out. It doesn't go to the plan. They underperform. People are pissed. And I think what's going to happen for the third season uh, I'm expecting next season for the Knicks to be a fucking disaster, if I be honest. And I don't think Thibodeau is going to last next season. I think he will be gone. It seems just like people figure him out. You know, he keep playing with the same style. Everyone's going to read you like a book. Yeah, and I, I just don't, like, how did he win coach in the year last year? Like, I know the Knicks. I honestly think the only reason he won last year is just because everyone was so excited that the Knicks were finally good for the first time since, like, Carmelo. Um. But yeah, he really got everyone fooled again because the same thing happened with the Timberwolves, you know, his three or four year stint there. Um, the same thing happened with the Bulls, just runs everyone into the ground. Um, and it really pisses me off too, like the lack of playing time that he gives to their young players, like Quinton Grimes, Obi Tobin, Emmanuel Quickly. Like those are solid youngsters that, like, you know, as soon as they have a couple bad plays, they get yanked and put to the bench. Meanwhile, you're giving like, Alec Burks like 40 minutes of playing time and it's like why so I don't know and then as for Kemba like I just think his knees are gone at this point like he's obviously like a fantastic point guard in his prime but I definitely think he's past um, his, his peak at this point and like D Rose is a great six man but you can't really ask much more than that from him in his career so yeah um, unless the Knicks get a high pick, which I believe they have pretty slim odds of doing. I think next season's gonna be worse for them than this year, if I'm honest. Yeah, 
Honestly, if I was high on them this year, but I feel like they're gonna fall to the shambles next year. I don't see a bright future for them. Like no, at least we, we we can say like the Pacers, the Pistons. We're looking forward to them. Yeah, uh, until the, until those youngsters, yeah, until those youngsters start getting real playing time, like they're not gonna do anything. But look at Obi Toppin; he was playing great as soon as like Thibodeau decided to start him. Like, yeah. why are you using high draft picks on players that you don't want to play? It's stupid. I don't get it. The way they're working on right now, I'm I don't see a bright future for the Knicks. I just say that. Yeah, me neither. Um, but moving on to the Western Conference, uh, returning to the more bright future side of things, we have the Houston Rockets. Uh, who are in their second year of totally bottoming out following the James Harden trade. Um, but they are starting to seem like they have a couple good pieces now. Um, Jalen Green was coming along at the end of the last year, and, you know, he's a true hooper. Um, Kevin Porter Jr., as long as he keeps his attitude under control, you know, he's a solid player too. And Christian Wood is still a valuable trade piece for them as well. And then you look at the fact that similar, they are sharing, you know, the highest odds for a top pick. I could see the Rockets. I think, I don't know. I still think they are maybe a year away from making some noise, but I feel like they're coming along. I like how the Rockets are, are, are doing just because they have so many pieces aside from those prospects that they can move. For example, Dennis Schroeder, he can go. Eric Gordon, mm-hmm. we love Eric Gordon, but he has he really has trade value in this game still. So, you know, when the when the when it comes nece- when it comes to the situation when it's necessary, he can go. John Wall, I feel like I have no idea what you're supposed to do with John Wall, man. But yeah, the fact they're the worst team right now and they ha- they have a chance to get the first pick, it's you don't really have any expectations for them. You know, you just gotta mm-hmm. let it blow and let it be and and so far it looks like they got the talents they need and the pieces they have are looking good maybe they can trade the pieces i mentioned for some more picks but uh yeah they're just doing their thing tanking you can say even i don't see them getting better anytime soon but yeah you know the the houston fans just gotta put up with it yeah they're on the right path and the rockets like they have it's not like they have a history of being dysfunctional like more often than not, they've been better for over the last 25, 30 years. I think this team will be back fairly soon. I just think it's going to take at least until the 23, 24 season before they're like, you know, truly in that playoff mix. Um, But I think a top draft pick would help them big time. Like, I don't think that if they could get someone like Paolo Bonchero, who most guys don't have him going number one overall, but for me personally, I like him more. Uh, than both Chet Holmgren and uh, Jabari Smith. Um, and Paolo, I think, also fits what they need more because I think guard-wise, they're pretty set now with Kevin Porter and Jalen Green. Um, I say that with Kevin Porter, again, like presuming like he keeps his attitude under control. Um, but I, you throw Paolo on this team, and I think like you're going to have like a team full of blue-chip players who you know, have a clear future towards contention. Quick side note, Elijah. What would you do if you're a GM? Would you draft the player where? Would you draft the? Would you draft the best player in the draft, or would you draft the player where you're in your positions you need, even though he's not the best, clear the best player in the draft? What would you do? I think, unless it's an exceptional circumstance, um, I draft the best player in the league 
in the draft, but I still believe that Paolo is the best player in the draft, as well as being someone who fits that team the best. Um, I'm not that sold on Jabari Smith. Actually, I don't know. I think Jabari Smith is a player with a high floor, but his ceiling might not be that much higher, you know? And then Chet Holmgren, you know, his ceiling, you know, could be insane. Like he could be a generational or unicorn type player. But I am really, really, really skeptical about him coming into the league as a total string bean. It was Holmgren on Gonzaga playing in the round of 32 against uh, Memphis, who their starting center is Jalen Duran. Um, Duran is a projected top 10 pick as well. And Holmgren, you know, he had his moments, get a couple nice blocks on him. But one-on-one generally, especially in crunch time, like Duran was just getting everything he wanted with Holmgren. That was mainly not even because of like height difference because Holmgren's taller than Duran, um, I think. But just weight-wise, like he was just bullying the shit out of him. Like I'm genuinely concerned that if Holmgren gets like posted up by someone like Embiid or Giannis in the NBA, he might actually like break in half. You're gonna snap him. Like, He's gonna snap him in half like snap. Gonna... wafers. <laughs> oh yeah. But yeah, I just don't see Holmgren succeeding in the NBA, like unless he puts on a lot of weight. And I feel like Paolo had a really strong run in the uh, March Madness, you know, was the best player on a team that made it all the way to the final four. So I kind of see him as the best player and the person who bets fits the Rockets. But, you know, to answer your question firmly, like I just take the best player available because like, look what happened with uh, the Kings. You know, they picked Bagley because they thought Luca wouldn't fit well with Fox, you know? Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, but moving on, this is a team that has a bit of a murkier future because they're just, we're just they're just trying to figure out what to do with their picks, basically. It's the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, they are in what year two or three of rebuilding as well. And they have like a kajillion draft picks. I think in this draft, they have three first rounders. They got a lot of good players, but it's just a matter of them taking that step and then also cashing in those draft picks into something exactly. legitimate. I love the way they're looking right now. I absolutely love it. I think this is one of the teams that I'm very high on because we're a Canadian, right? But I am very high. Mm. But I, I think they're they're looking fabulous, man. I think they have the right pieces. They have some really impressive young players that can just excel. Josh Giddy, Shy, we got even Dort. I don't see Dort being super amazing, but like I feel like this team is definitely on the right track. And like you said, like when do you cash out and who do you cash out those picks for? And who do you trade for this team? And when is the right time to do that? That's their main concern. And with all these rookies, how do you balance out the, the playing time and make the development, you know? So that's exciting to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I love SGA so much. And I think he is going to be a star in this league. I don't have any doubt about that. Um, and I know that actually before I continue I just want to say like SGA also had one of my favorite moments of the entire year with just hitting that Lakers logo shot to like put them up by five that was fucking insane like he just really just took a half court shot with like plenty of time on the clock to like bury the Lakers for good it was the funniest shit I've seen this year honestly love it yeah um but anyways they also didn't have like the best draft pick last year. Like they fell in the draft of six, but they still got Josh Giddy, 
who, you know, I think slots in this team really well. And, you know, it's probably going to be a nightly triple-double threat going forward, as long as the shooting develops. Um, Lou Dort is going to be a fantastic 3 and D player. He's taken so much he's, – he's made so much progress for an undrafted guy. Um, but I think the Thunder really need, like, a top three draft pick for this draft. And if they don't, I think they should package those picks to trade up since – if they fall again in the draft and pick again, like fifth or sixth, like I feel like at that point, like you're going to kind of start wasting like the potential that you have with those picks, you know? Exactly. I feel you. I feel you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, their future is just, it's so hard to predict because of how many picks they have. And the, you're basically trying to recreate the process from uh, Philadelphia. That's how I feel as well. That's exactly how I feel. That's a great comparison, but at the same time, I feel like Shy is that guy. Mm, Shy is that guy. No, no doubt about it. Like he, I think, is going to be an all. I'm gonna. I do you think he'll be an all star next year? He'll be an all NBA player in his career for sure. All star yeah. next year. That really depends how the team does as well. You know, like I feel like he has really gorgeous stats, but at the same time, the team was pretty pretty bad this year. So there's no reason to put him in there. And the NBA know that he's probably gonna. Do the same thing next year, and hopefully that their the Thunderers will do better. And then, yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think he has a good chance next year if he continues his streak because he's been phenomenal, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so moving on, we have the Portland Trailblazers who had a really weird season. I think going in, people were expecting them again to be a low seed playoff team. Um, but then Damian Lillard got hurt and he got hurt to the point where he was like, you know what, I'm going to just sit out so you guys can have a good draft pick um, and ended up tanking. But they uncovered some uh, interesting pieces that they could maybe have for the future, partic- particularly uh, Anthony Simons. I feel like exactly you're right. But if you look at this team, are they really going to make a push in the playoffs next year within the next like, two or three years i really don't think so man like i love the blazers i love damian lillard i love simons but at the same time i feel like they're like 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 a fuck like 60 at most i'm probably got <laughs> kicked out in the like win first round very like struggling hard and then got kicked out like they swept the second round so yeah what are they working towards really at least are they just trying to do compete stay relevant and make money sell arenas because i know they will with damian lillard on the team or are they going to rebuild? Because if, even if they're about to rebuild right now, you can ship off. I don't know if you want to keep Nurkish or not. Let's just, you can ship off Lillards for some really solid assets and make Simons the next piece. You already shipped off um, CJ. So I'm really lost, man. Like if I was a GM, I'll feel lost right now. I don't know what the organization wants. Uh, I don't see this team competing in the playoffs. They'll struggle to make it if anything in the Western conference, but yeah. What do you think? I think, I think really um, the only chance that this team has, I think at doing something immediately is they do have, obviously they've got their own draft pick. They also have an extra draft pick from the Pelicans. Um, That's assuming the Pelicans don't um, make the playoffs. They make the playoffs that converts into a future pick. Um, 
but yeah, so there's potential for them to have two draft picks uh, at this draft. So maybe they can package that for either like a higher pick if they don't get what they want in the draft or for maybe another player. Um, but yeah, I think really Anthony Simons is the only bright spot for this team this season. Uh, he's definitely, I think, capable of being a CJ McCollum uh, stunt double for sure. Uh, to the guard wise, they're set, but like the problem is that's literally hit. Like they've like Josh Hart, Justice Winslow, Yusuf Nurkic, like those are not guys who are going to lead you to a title. They've been um, weak on the defensive ends for years, for yeah. years, and that's continually be a problem. They need the anchor. They ain't got no anchor in the paint. Yeah, like I don't, I don't know. Um, I said that I wasn't that high on Chet, but the trailblazers are one of the few teams where I'd be okay with them taking a chance on him. Um, just because of how badly I think they need like a real center. Cause I think Nurkic is not going to, there's not their center of the future. Um, but yeah, I think darker days are unfortunately ahead for the trailblazers, unless Lillard comes back playing like an MVP candidate. And then, yeah, like you said, like, even if he does come back like that, like they're just going to get bounced in the first round. Yeah. I don't see um, as sad as it sounds from being in the Pacific Northwest. I don't see a bright future for him. Yeah. Seattle, get your team back so we can have a good team to cheer for. Screw Seattle. Come here, dude. Vancouver yeah, come, it come is. to Vancouver, too. Yeah, fuck it. So moving on, we are going to talk about my personal favorite team from hell, uh, the Sacramento Kings, who I kind of feel like have had another very Sacramento Kings type season. Yeah, I mean, they're the 12th in the league. Um, they got their squad is looking stagnant, like, like they don't have any like super prospects. They're in the city of Sacramento. And if I was to compare Sacramento to a city in BC, it would be Abbotsford, man. <laughs> it would have to be Abbotsford, have to be Abbotsford. No good shit happens from either of those places, that's for sure um that's why that's why they're doing so shit <laughs> yeah real ones know how bad abbotsford is uh but yeah i will say that both darren fox and demontis sabonis have looked better since that trade and that i think they are a decent combo together the problem is that this team has literally no defense and no rim protection um and in a Western conference that's getting better every year, um, this team's peak is a play-in team, and they just traded the one guy who I feel like for sure is going to be a multi-time all-star in this league in Halliburton. Um, and that's for Sabonis, who, by the way, only has one year left on his contract in Sacramento before he can walk, and there's no indication as to what he wants to do yet. But let me just say that Another piece that was traded, not in the same trade, but Dante DiVincenzo, who was on the Bucks before, mm-hmm. there is already reports about how much he just fucking hates playing there. Like, he wants out. He wants out. And he's been there for, what, 15, 20 games? Um, so I guess it comes down to what Sabonis wants. But if he walks after next year, like, this trade is going to look so bad. <laughs> yeah, just either way, uh, this team is just, like, you know, their record is solid, 12, not the worst, but they, they're not getting anywhere, dude, with that squad, with that with that roster. Like, there really aren't – I don't see a future for them. Um, Yeah, it's just – honestly, I want to talk about it more, but there's really not much to talk about. about yeah. I mean, 
I will say I'm done. I'm done shitting on them for now. I will give three things that they can do to be better next year. One, they nail the coaching hire, which, you know, they haven't really done. Uh, but hey, they had Mike Malone at one point and look how he turned out. So maybe they can find uh, someone. They said they're going to go pretty extensive into their coaching search. So who knows uh, what they can get now that uh, Gentry is gone. Two, they get a high draft pick. This obviously comes down to luck, but if they get like a top three draft pick, there's it's not like you know the Bagley. There's there's no one they could possibly fucking screw this up with. Like the Doncic thing was such a weird circumstance. Um, any of Smith, Bunchero, or Holmgren, like they will take, and presumably they will help the Kings. And number three is Darren Fox. You know takes a leap of some kind because he is still the best player on this team and i still believe that he is like if you really think about it he is a fringe top 10 point guard in this league um and i liked him more than lonzo ball coming out of the draft i can't say that anymore um because they were in the same draft class but i think he can get back to like that hype that he had you know in his rookie in his sophomore season but we'll have to see yeah, uh, I feel like we can definitely expect. It's not wrong for us to expect more out of Darian Fox, right? Uh, mm. I feel like he's always been on the verge of taking that leap and breaking out, but maybe it's because he's been playing. Maybe it's because he's playing Sacramento. <laughs> that might be the reason he hasn't made that leap yet. But we, I would love to see him excel. Yeah, look at that, Kings fans. We are ending for once on a nice note for you guys um you know who we're not ending on a nice note with the los angeles lakers they were fucking garbage this year that's right they were trash they were doo-doo they were hot dick on the ground they DC. were one of the worst disappointments in nba history um, yeah <laughs> no elijah i was drinking that kool-aid i literally thought they were gonna go first you did i think Shit, I, did. I don't remember that yeah, wow. I think I did. I think I was like, I think I forgot who exactly it was, but it's whether the Warriors or the Lakers. But I had the Lakers really damn high, dude. Like, I, ha- I, I was I big on them. Sure. I know I for sure I had them as the four or five seed. Yeah, um, I was pretty damn big on them. I got slapped in the face, dude. And I love it. <laughs> yeah, like, what, like, I don't know. Just even the one bright spot for the season, which was LeBron, like, having 30 points per game at age 37, like, he just brought on like so much like memeable shit onto himself. The whole season was just brutal. There's so much drama as well. There's no other teams as dramatic as the Lakers. Mm-hmm. But it's also pretty funny. Like honestly, it got to a point where I was watching the Lakers just to watch. It was it was great. It was like if the Lakers won, it was because LeBron had like a career night, and if the Lakers lost, it's because they were a clown show, and it was pretty funny. And I never want to hear like I don't I don't know how like. Who did Anthony Davis pay off to put him on that NBA 75 list? No idea. Man. Like, imagine the sponsor endorsement he got after that shit was out. This yeah. Cap. They, they watched three years of his peak and then were like, yep, that's good enough. Like, he, he was good in the bubble for the Lakers, and that's it. He's too injury prone. Like, he's t- what, 20? He's supposed to be in his prime. And it feels like I his know. prime is like, he's supposed to be amazing. Four or five years ago. And then Russell Westbrook. We 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 don't need to say much about Westbrook, man. Like he's fucking shit. You know, if I had a dollar for every time he tried to do a bank shot, like off 
the back of the glass or whatever and it just completely missed the entire rim and, and everything like i could probably i could i could i could buy some nice things i could pay off some tuition <laughs> let's just say that dude but like you know what as a laker fan you should be happy that you were season ended on a good note with austin reeves the future <laughs> of the franchise the future, lakers legend austin reeves I'm, I'm just so sorry like i'm like Imagine you live in Los Angeles and you're a Lakers fan, okay? You work your, like, nine-to-five office job. And then you're like, oh, I want to go to a Lakers game. And then you're sitting in, like, massive traffic on that 14-lane highway. And you're like, oh, shit, gas is historically expensive. I got to spend $150 on gas. And you drive to Lakers game and you watch your team get blown out by 30 while playing zero defense. But at least one day there's Austin Reeves. <laughs> Yeah, what do you put up? You put up 41 in their season finale? Like, <laughs> like you got a triple Mike, double, Michael man. Jordan, Michael Jordan could never. Yeah, Michael Jordan could never. And, like, there's just some other random shit, too. Like, why the fuck did, what is it, Kendrick Nunn or whatever? He bruised his knee and just never was heard from ever again. Yeah. And then, Kent, and then, yeah, Kent Bazemore just sitting on the fucking bench for attorney. Everyone was hyped about him. And everyone was hyped about, like, you know, Wayne Ellington being, like, an elite 3 and D player. And, like, just all this shit. My God. I, I it, It's so funny to me how bad this team was. Like, and they fooled so many people. There is first take, or was first take or the jump, one of those ESPN shows was like, can the Lakers win 70 games this season? You had Kendrick Perkins being like, yeah, they're going to win 70 games. And like, <laughs> no, no. Like, that. what a fucking joke. I think really the only person who's coming out of this season positively is Malik Monk, because I think he proved that he deserves a legit contract instead of, like, the vetman he took this year. Um, and I guess Carmel Anthony had an okay season. What's the future for and this LeBron team? Too. And LeBron, Those three guys. Yeah, LeBron is always phenomenal, but like, What's next? Are they gonna move some piece? Like, what? What the fuck are you supposed to do for Lakers right now, bro? Like, hey man, they got Taylor Porter Tucker. They'll be all right. Yeah, you gonna run it back like this the way it is, or you gonna like? Oh, they have man. no draft. They don't have a single draft pick in this year's draft. The no best one. thing, the best thing for the Lakers right now is for LeBron to request a trade away, so they can at least have a solid squad and rebuild patiently. Hopefully, with LeBron gone, but I know that's never gonna be the never gonna be the case because. As the Lakers, you have to stay stay relevant, and you always gotta have that one superstar on your team. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm saying, and I've been saying this since December, and I'm gonna say it again: the Lakers need to trade Anthony Davis because, for some reason, his trade value I think is still pretty high, and I think you can honestly get some decent things back for him and retool on the fly while you still have LeBron for a season or two. Exactly. Um, He's like he's not the ceiling raiser that he once was, yet his value still matches that. The way um, AD plays, he's very replaceable. I just say that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, like he's like I'd rather just get some solid like role. Like the, every team LeBron has excelled on, it's been him and role players for the most part, right? Um, with the exception of like the super heatles or whatever, and like the one year with the Cavs when Irving and Love were healthy. But for the most part, other than that, it's LeBron and it's role players, right? So trade Anthony Davis for some elite role players. Um, let Westbrook, you know, I don't know, fucking let Westbrook have an off season. Let him do something. They gotta figure out what to do with him too. But I honestly think like this team can. I don't. 
I will say this. Despite how bad the season was, I think they can be at worst a play-in team for next season. Maybe I'm sounding stupid by saying this, but I honestly think if they make some tough trades and swallow some hard decisions, they can be better than they were last year. Yeah, just I think so. But I, I at the same time, I do know. I feel you that a lot of players on this team right now are going to be gone next season. Uh, yeah, it's going to be funny. It will, it's going to be fun to see how it turns out. Uh, I really don't think they are going to trade AD as much as I would love to trade AD if I was the Lakers. It's, mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see, man, because the names, the prestigeness to their names, AD has a signature shoe. LeBron has a signature shoe. Yeah. It's just so much going on besides the basketball aspect of the game. No, I know, right? And I just want, like, one last thing. Like, Skip Bayless has probably been in his bags, like, last two months, just with how bad, like, LeBron has been. Every time, like, they lose. Like, this dude probably, like, sprints to set just to be like, oh, you'll never be Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Like, he's been having a blast with them being that bad. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, I feel bad for all the LeBron fans. I don't want to say this word, but LeBron sexual, LeBron sexual, LeBron sexual. I feel bad for, I feel bad for the LeBron sexuals who love LeBron no matter what, because you know what? I feel their pain. You can't blame this season on LeBron. It's not LeBron's fault. He tried. Yeah. But, uh, like, yeah, I don't, I don't, don't want to hear, I don't want to hear the, like the, Oh, the, the Mickey mouse, like fraudless ringless fraud shit. But at the same time, He's not Michael Jordan. Never will be. I hate to fucking bring shit back down to like simple debates like this. But in terms of the GOAT debate, like I feel like this settled for me. Like, okay, Jordan's a GOAT. But yeah. LeBron, LeBron will always be number two. Um, to close, and I think that wraps up uh, the shitting on the Lakers segment of this podcast. Um, to close things out, we're just going to go over the play-in tournament uh, since those spots still have yet to be determined. Uh, so starting with the, we'll stick with the Western Conference. Um, you got Clippers versus Timberwolves for the seven spot. Loser of that plays the winner of Spurs Pelicans for the eight spot. Tiger, what do you see happening in that half of the bracket? Uh, I think the Timberwolves will come up top. Like Timberwolves will persevere. And honestly, I would love to see the Timberwolves actually make a run in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And as for the other team, it is really anybody's team, anybody's game. It is literally anybody's game. I don't see one team having a clear edge over the other one. Yeah. Just imagine if Zion was here, though. Jeez. Yeah, if Zion was here, there'd be a whole different conversation. Um, For me, though, look, I love the Timberwolves. And before we begin, I actually want to – I'm going to issue a – Formal apology to Carl Anthony Towns because I have been shitting on you for a few podcasts talking about how you're not a first option guy and that Anthony Edwards is the true future of this team. Um, I'm gonna be honest, man, like you have been balling the fuck out this year. Uh, probably had your best year. You're actually on a competent team for once, and you're also you're you you seem like a good guy. So, formal apology to Carl Anthony Towns for not being sold on you because I am pretty sold on this guy as a center now. Um, like I, he's a top five center in the league, in my opinion, but with, 
with all that being said, um, I have the Clippers taking the seven, eight matchup um, just because I think the Clippers have been underrated all year with, even with Kawhi and Paul George being out and Paul George is back now. I think Paul George is going to will them to a victory. With that being said, I think the Timberwolves will still end up being the eight seed as they will beat the Pelicans um, in the eight nine matchup because I can't, I, I'm, I will firmly take the Pelicans over the Spurs Whereas, like, I'll barely take the Clippers over the Timberwolves. Um, but then I'll firmly take the Timberwolves over the Pelicans, if that makes sense. That makes totally sense. I feel you. I feel you. So mm-hmm. it's pretty much, it's pretty clear to you that it's going to be Tim- Timberwolves and the Clippers. Yeah, I just think their seeding is going to swap. I think the Clippers will finish as a seven seed. How about the other conference? The East. Okay, so you have... This is where it gets fun. So you have Cleveland versus Brooklyn for the seventh seed because of the injury woes that Brooklyn had. And then you also have the Hawks and the Hornets as the 9-10 matchup. Um, I guess I'll go first this time. I can't see Brooklyn losing this matchup because Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, um, especially if Irving now being back for full-time play, the Brooklyn Nets are going to be the seventh seed. Um, and that should make Celtics-Nets a really fun first-round matchup. And the eighth seed, I was sipping the Cavs Kool-Aid earlier this season. I remember boldly claiming that um, they could maybe make some noise in the Eastern Conference and make a deep playoff run, like maybe even finish the one seed. Um, but you know what? I like to live on the edge with the spicier takes, and I feel like I've been hitting on them with a decent percentage this year, but this one is not it. Um, I just think the Cavs are too injury-riddled at this point. And I think the Atlanta Hawks are going to swipe the eight seed from the Cavs. I think Charlotte's going to lose the nine ten matchup again. Um, but I have the Hawks beating the Cavs for the eight seed. Um, pretty half or 50-50. I think the Nets, I will love to see the Nets at eight just because, you know, Celtics. But that's my Nets personal opinion. Nets would be crazy in the first round. Yeah, but Nets and Celtics will be crazy as well. And, yeah, I would love to see that happen as well. So... That leaves us to the eighth seed. Uh, I will. I'm gonna go a little bit controversial here, Elijah. I'm gonna go with the Hornets. I oh, love the okay. Like you said, the Cavs has been injury prone, inconsistent here and there, and the and the Hawks are just. I feel like they're they're missing something, and t- this year is the year that they're gonna learn from their failures because they. I feel like they really outperformed themselves last year, mm-hmm. and the Hornets are just so much more energetic. And mentality-wise, there's so much more pumped than the Hawks as much as the Hawks want to want to prove themselves again. And I feel like Trey Young's gonna be shut down. Yeah, really. Yeah. And once Trey Young's shut down, the Hawks are in trouble. I don't know. I see. Okay, so first off, going back to Cleveland, um, I think their time is coming. Still, let me just be clear on that. I think the injury gods just decided to say it is not your time this year, but the time is coming. The time is coming, um, Cleveland for sure. The time is coming. But the Hornets, it's so tough for the Hornets because I, I really do like them. I love LaMelo Ball. Um, Miles Bridges should be a finalist for most improved player of the year. Um, it's just that their lack of defense is so frustrating. And, you know, Trey Young has proven time and time again that he steps up into the limelight when the spotlight, or sorry, Trey Young has proven time and time again that he plays better as the spotlight gets brighter. 
Um, and really, the only games he faltered against the Bucks was that was after his ankle freak injury when he stepped on the refs inadvertently. Um, and I think Trey Young in a play-in tournament is going to be feeling it. I expect Trey Young in the eight seed match to go for like forty plus points. Um, either that or a thirty-point triple double because he le- he led the NBA in total points, not points per game, total points and total assists. Um, which has not been done in a very long time. Uh, and I think he'll be all NBA this year. But I'm expecting Trey Young to will them to the eighth seed. I f- it's going to be a pretty close matchup. That's what I think they are. But I would be happy. I would be two. happy with the Hornets making the playoffs too. Yeah, they're two and two this season. So uh, I'll love to see what happens to the Hornets, man. I feel like Trey versus LaMelo is going to be awesome. In the I know. Lander. I know, dude. So. That is going to be awesome. Those two team fight for the for the seed. Oh, my God. Like, I know this plan tournament in the grand scheme of things is probably never going to, like, create a true, like, p- upset potential in, like, the first round. Like, most of the time, they're just going to get stomped by the one or two seed, right? But just the matchups we have gotten in only two seasons of this tournament, like, I'm all in on this thing. Like, having these kind of matchups with this high stakes, like, you know, March Madness type pressure, it's awesome. I love it. I know exactly what you mean. This actually makes the game so, so much more exciting than the way it used to be. Yeah. Um, but that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Talking Buckets. Thank you so much for tuning in after our extended hiatus. Um, and we'll actually have another episode coming up in a few days once the last few playoff teams are set, because then we are going to go full in playoff breakdown we will give our predictions for every series who comes out of each conference um and if we have time some end of season awards as well so make sure you stick around for that because we are back with uh vengeance please uh, do because we're mm-hmm, we're it's back with a very exciting now. yep we back baby we back um i'm elijah polson and it's your boy tiger and and we'll see you next week on talking Bucks. adios